0: You're about to listen to another inspiring word from House on the Rock Church, the London Lighthouse. For more information and interaction with House on the Rock, please visit our website on hotr.org.uk. So open your Bibles to the book of John, the book of John chapter 11. John chapter 11, we're going to read from verse 38 to verse 44. Woo! John 11, verse 38 to verse 44, as is a good custom in all House on the Rock churches, let's rise up for the reading of God's word in honor of the second person of the Trinity, the living word of God. Do rise to your feet for the reading of God's word. I'm going to read in your hearing John chapter 11, verse 38 to verse 44. Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Not that you are going to hear me, you have already heard me. And I know that you always hear me. And because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they might believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice. Lazarus, come forth. And he who had been dead, who had died, came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with cloth. And Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. This miracle that Jesus performed was a major highlight of his earthly ministry. Lazarus had been dead for four days, he raised him from the dead. No one had ever done anything like this before. This was unprecedented, mind-blowing. Death was the ultimate prison that no one had broken free from up to that point in time. And let me tell you the truth, there was zero expectation that Jesus was going to be able to do anything about the situation. Even the sisters of Lazarus said to Jesus, if you had come on time, you could have healed him. But now that he is dead, there is nothing you can do about it. So there was zero expectation that he would turn around the situation. But then Jesus instructed that the Roll be, the stone be rolled away from the mouth of the cave that served as Lazarus's tomb. Jesus asked them this, and Martha jumped forward and said, Lord, he'll you, you, be stinking by now. Take this way of escape. Don't embarrass yourself. Jesus reprimanded her, and you know the rest of the story. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Now, one would have thought that raising Lazarus from the dead would have been sufficient. But Jesus was not satisfied that Lazarus was just raised from the dead. Jesus is not done and satisfied, nor is he satisfied until you are truly and totally free. Because when Lazarus came out of the grave, he was still bound hand and foot, and he still had a cloth over his face. Jesus said, it's not good enough that you've come back from the dead. You need to be totally free. So take off the the, the binds that are holding you, hands and feet and face. Loose that man and let him Go, Oh, yes. Uh, after rebirth, God still wants to loose you and let you go. God no longer wants you bound. He doesn't want you hampered. He doesn't want you limited. He doesn't want your hands bound, which is your productivity. He does not want your feet bound, which is your mobility. He does not want a cloth over your face, which is your vision. He wants you to be loose and let Go. Ah, Jesus broke the bars of iron and cut asunder the gates of bronze. So, the subject of my meditation this Sunday morning is no chains on me. Tell your neighbor, no chains on me. Uh, tell another neighbor, I don't know about you, but I know about me. There are no chains. On me, and can I be an encourager? Tell, preach to somebody else, and say, No chains on you, too. No chains on you, too. Hallelujah, mighty Father, help me in this next few moments. Speak through me. Let your will be done, let your, your, your kingdom come, let yokes be destroyed, let there be true liberty in this house today. Set us free, confirm your word. With signs and wonders following, in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. And the people said aloud, amen. Amen. And as you take your seat once again, tell your neighbor, no chains on me. No chains on me. No chains on me. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for being here this Sunday morning. You made a choice, and you made the right choice to be here. If anything should be clear to us, in our journey so far in this month, the prophetic word for this month has been true and total freedom. One thing that should be clear above all in our journey is that God wants you free. God wants you free. He doesn't want you bound, he doesn't want you limited, he doesn't want you restricted. We're going deep this morning. Let me quickly let you know in advance. Uh, We'll go deep, then we'll go high, hallelujah. Right from the beginning, God created you for freedom. He said, let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness and let them have dominion. There's no dominion without freedom. In fact, the truth be, if you are are in dominion, you are in freedom. So we can therefore surmise that God created you not just for dominion, he created you for freedom. In fact... Freedom is written into your very genetic code such that instinctively you yearn for freedom and you rebel against anything that would try to contain you. Am I talking to anybody? Have you noticed how even small children who probably have not learned how to string three sentences together quite yet will still rebel against being contained? You put them in a small space, I don't say, tell them, don't go beyond this. And just that instruction to not go beyond becomes the enticement to go beyond. Because somewhere in your DNA, you you, you sense that I'm supposed to be free. I'm not supposed to be confined. I'm not supposed to be restricted. Uh, So God created you for freedom. And he created you free in the beginning. He did not create you bound, he created you free, (laughs) but man entered into bondage willfully. It was not God's intent, God created you free, man used his own two legs, eyes and hands to go into bondage. And I'm particularly talking about the male man now because the scripture says that the female man, Eve, was deceived, but Adam was not deceived. When Eve offered he had the, him the fruit to eat, he was not deceived. He knew very well what he was doing when he ate that fruit. <laughs> love has power. I don't know whether that's love or something else. But whatever it was, he ate the fruit. He willfully entered into bondage. God did not create you for bondage. God created you free. In other words, man used his freedom to enter into bondage, (laughs) man fell into bondage through disobedience and despite man's best efforts he could not free himself, oh Lord Jesus, help me, help me here, help me to get the people to really see what I'm talking about, man was born free. Man was created free, and every man that was coming out of the loins of of Adam before he fell was being born into freedom. But after he fell, we lost that status of being born free, because David says, in iniquity was I formed and in sin was I conceived, did, What did I come forth, are you hearing what I'm saying? So what this means therefore is that after the fall of man, every man born after that initial disobedience was actually born into slavery. This was not the original intent, God created us free. He created us with dominion and with freedom, uh, we, so we were born free. Now a lot of us don't fully understand this, Uh, Or grasp what I'm trying to communicate to you, because uh, we have been to some degree born into some form of freedom, we think, because we are no longer in the age of the slave trade. Now, in the age of the slave trade, where people were taken forcefully into slavery, they actually had children while in slavery, and so those children were born into slavery. In other words, the very trajectory of the life of the children that were born into slavery was that they too would be slaves. That's what it means to be born into slavery, it means the continuation of slavery. Uh, uh, Now, the slave trade might be over, but the truth be told, even though you think you are born free, the way this world is constructed, the systems and and the structures, is that slave trade continues, it's just been modernized. So now you are born into the idea that you are free, but if we were to really interrogate this, your so-called freedom, maybe you are not as free as you think you are. I told you last week that uh, freedom is often expressed in your choices, your ability to choose things. Now, because um, we are now so socially correct, uh, we cannot force your choice. So the way we now control your choice uh, or the way the world and the systems and the structures control your choice is by controlling the options that are available to you. And behind the scenes, both options or whatever number of options they present to you, it's still one person that's controlling it. So guess what? Whatever you choose, you are still bound. Companies understand this, and so they will create many options for whatever class. Where, whatever thing you buy into is still the same company that the, the, the returns are going to. You hear me what I'm saying? So freedom seems to be an illusion. <laughs> we are born, we're actually born outside of Christ into bondage. Spiritually, born into sin, the proclivity. You see, sin is not the act, sin is the nature. The act of sin is the, is the, the outflow of the nature. Through one, one man's disobedience, the whole world was sown so into sin, but thank God, <laughs> through another man's obedience, all men have been delivered from that bondage if you will accept what has been done on your behalf. If we were to really examine the human condition, and if we were to be honest about the human condition outside of Christ, uh, the the human will will have to admit that he seems to be trapped by his own desires, proclivities, and all of that, that even when he's he's feigning um, control over everything of his life, very often his life is still being driven by his own appetite. So are you in control or is your appetite in control? Man fell into bondage through disobedience. Despite man's best efforts, he could not free himself. So Jesus came to set us free. Jesus' mandate had freedom written all over it. It was in his very manifesto, the captives will be set free. I set at liberty the captives. I announced the acceptable day of the Lord. I'm telling you, I've paid the price for your emancipation. Jesus came to set us free. Is there anybody grateful? Under the sound of my voice, come and shout, yes. Now, John chapter 8 and verse 36 says that if the Son therefore make you free, you shall be free indeed. I like that. Free indeed. That means true and total freedom. This means it's not a pseudo-freedom where I'm I, I'm tantalizing you with the idea of freedom, but behind the scenes I'm making sure that you are still in lockdown. No, this is freedom indeed. This is freedom without any doubt. There is no bondage in God's thoughts and plans for you. God wants you free. He wants you free to fly, to soar over the winds and the waves of the world. He, wants, uh, he came that you might have life and have life more abundantly. John chapter 10 and verse 10. When I hear that, uh, that He didn't just come that I might have life, but that I might have life more abundantly, that sounds like freedom to me. In other words, he wants you to be able to paint beyond the lines. He wants you to break out of the confines of any box that society has created. Created for you. God wants you. In the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 3 and verse 17, listen to what it says. It says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Do you understand that? He's telling you that the very Spirit of the Lord, there's no separation between the Lord and the Spirit, they are one and the same. He says, The very Spirit of the Lord is directly associated with liberty. In other words, if you, if, 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 if you want to know if the Spirit of the Lord is in a place, look for liberty. If liberty is there, then God is there, then His Spirit is there. For wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. So if liberty is absent, the Spirit of the Lord is not there. You hear me what I'm saying? But I came to tell somebody this Sunday morning the Spirit of the Lord is in this house. And whatever chain you came into the house with this Sunday morning, you are not going back with the same chains. He's setting you free like never before. If you believe me what I'm saying, come and shout, yeah. yeah. He wants you free. <sighs> But you know, the the problem with language is that we could use the same words, but we could, in our minds, have totally different definitions or meanings for the same words. We hope that when we use certain words, we are all saying the same thing. But in many situations and circumstances, when it comes down to what it comes down to, we find out that we actually actually mean different things. So I have to interrogate freedom. Help me ask your neighbor, what is freedom? What, what is freedom? What is freedom? Uh, what is freedom? Help me ask your, your neighbor, are you free? <laughs> are you free? Are you sure? Are you free? Are you free? No, can we take it a step further? I, I like a, a, an audience, a congregation that's alive and that is free and that has liberty. So once again, ask another neighbor, what is freedom? And this time, wait to get an answer. What is freedom? Freedom. How would you define freedom? How would you define being free? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I I hope you got some answers. I hope you you got some answers this Sunday morning. All right. Uh, Maybe on Facebook, YouTube, you can quickly type in your definition of what freedom is. Well, let me help you. The dictionary says that freedom is the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants to without hindrance or restraint. That's freedom. It says it's the absence of subjugation to foreign or external domination. It says it is the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. It is the state of being physically unrestricted and able to move Easily, Uh, So if you are hindered, restrained, contained, confined, enslaved, in prison, restricted, you are not free. Are you with me? Uh, Yes. So we might think that freedom is to be able and allowed to do whatever I want to do. Uh, Whenever I want to do it, wherever I want to do it with whoever I choose to do it with. Right? Okay. Uh, We want to think uh, that freedom is therefore the absence of boundaries yes, yes yes because if there's a boundary I am no longer free right by the definition of freedom uh, yes but is this the accurate and the right definition of freedom and I've already let you see that God created you to be free God wants you to be free you were born free but yet the Bible tells us that after he created you free, Adam, he put you in a garden called Eden, and then he says you can eat of all of the trees of the garden, but of uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat, Uh, for the day that you eat of it, uh, that is the day that you will die. Now this is a problem because God created you to be free, but now in the freedom that he created you to have, he introduces a boundary, He he introduces a do not. You shall not eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, oh my goodness. Ah, can somebody help me uh pastor God's will quickly come up come 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 on come, on, come, on, come on and help me okay so I, I am Adam God created me to be free but then he introduces basically like this he introduces a tree of the knowledge of good and evil and he says I must not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil so he has introduced a boundary now this boundary he uh, contests with my freedom because the natural definition of freedom is that I am without boundary. I can do, say, be, whatever I want to be, do or say, however, wherever, whenever, with whoever. I should have no boundaries. But God says I want you to be free, but I've put in a boundary. So how can I be free when I'm running against this boundary, when I can't go beyond this boundary, when there's a boundary in place? This is uh, the beginning of the redefinition of what freedom is. Is, because uh, you're gonna get something good this Sunday morning. The truth be told, true freedom. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'll explain it in a few moments' time. True freedom is functioning within godly boundaries. True freedom is actually not the absence of boundaries, it's actually learning how to function within godly boundaries. Oh God, uh, somebody needs to get this this Sunday morning. The truth be told, on the other side of this boundary is not freedom, but bondage but the world is trying to convince me uh, that on the other side of this boundary is true freedom but God is telling me that true freedom is within the godly boundary that he created but Satan and the world is trying to convince me that I'm not free as long as I'm within this boundary that if I want true freedom I need to go beyond this boundary. This was what the devil through this, the devil knows how to utilize FOMO to entice you to get out. Oh, Sorry, FOMO, FOMO, the fear of missing out. Oh yes. He will come and he'll tell you you you're missing out on something out there because the grass always looks greener on the other side. So the the serpent says to Eve, you're not really free. He didn't say it that way, but that was the intent of the conversation. Uh, You know, if you eat, if you break the boundary, you will become like God. But she was already like God because she was created in the image and the likeness of God. But Satan is employing FOMO to say there's something outside there that you are missing out on, that you need to enjoy. You see, the God knows that the day you eat of the tree, you will become like him, knowing good and evil. She was already like him. She just didn't know it. Every time you don't know who you really are, you are vulnerable to deception. She didn't know she was already free, so she was, she was enticed with the idea that there's something over there behind the barrier of, of godly principles that's going to be the true freedom. But actually the exact opposite was the case. You know how the Satan tries to convince us that being a committed Christian is a small joy, it's a drab and a dry life, that if you really want to have a nice life, you need to lose this chains of Christianity and get into the nice. Club and rock till the morning. Come on. You know how they try to convince you that you are being cheated out of something, that you are being robbed of something. How, oh, all these Christians, they don't have a life. Uh, they can't listen to music the way we listen to music. They can't, they can't dance the way we dance. They can't sing the way we sing. They can't just drink anything that, the way we can drink it. They can't smoke stuff the way we can smoke it. You are living a drab life. Where I came to tell somebody this Sunday morning, that devil is a liar. True freedom is not outside the boundaries, it's actually within the boundaries. Can I tell you something, and can I get a witness this Sunday morning? We know how to sing good within these boundaries. We know how to dance good within these boundaries, and we don't need no drug, no alcohol to get high, because we are already high on the most high. Can I get a witness under the sound of my voice? So Satan tries to convince us that there's, the true freedom is outside, is not inside. I got to get outside to be free. <laughs> but what's on the outside is bondage. Adam was free until he broke the boundary. Breaking the boundary was not the entry into freedom, it was the entry into bondage. <laughs> Satan is cunning. Do you realize that Satan has no other power than deception? So, when he's able to successfully deceive you, come a bit closer. When he's able to successfully deceive you, that's when you enter into bondage. So, Freedom, true freedom, is expressed in the ability to be able to say yes or no. The day you cannot say yes or no, you are not free. The day that your yes or your no is forced, and not from within, but from without, then you are not free. So Satan says, you should be free to watch pornography if you like. Why did you put that boundary there? If you are truly free, you should be able to do it. And then the proud, full, willful man says, yeah, I'm free. Do whatever I want to do. And so I break the boundary... Of pornography, and enter not into freedom, but into the bondage of masturbation. Can I be real this Sunday morning? I've been there done that. And before you all start looking at me funny, 95% of men have been there and done that. At the beginning, it seemed like I was exercising my power to say yes to whatever I want to say yes to. But now that I'm in it, I start to find out that I've lost my power to say no. I thought I could turn it off and and on whenever I wanted to. That was the lie the enemy told me. But now that I'm in it, I don't like it, I hate it, but I can't get out of it. Am I talking to anybody? So I do it, and I get the relief of the artificial high, but immediately afterwards, I am seated with the guilt of the nasty thing that I have done, and I vow, I never will do this again! And I'm victorious for a few days, a few weeks, maybe even a few months. The one virtue that the enemy has is patience. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait for you. Wait for you. Don't worry. You Be feeling cool. And then he waits for the day after a victory. Because your most vulnerable time is not before the battle, it's actually when you have just had a major victory and breakthrough. Be careful about the day after. And so, the day after a victory, he knows the buttons to press press this button, bet this button, makes everything possible and available. The people that would have helped me in check travel. <laughs> and you know, the day we are living now is really bad. You know, when I was growing up, it was really hard to find pornography. But the day we are living in now is on cable, is, is online, is, is freely available. <laughs> even Instagram. Do you get some of those direct messages? And then you, you have, look, don't even bother, just delete and block. And so it presses the button, and now I start to find out I'm no longer in control. I've lost my power to say no. So there's the boundary of premarital sex. But if I'm really free, I should be able to sleep with whoever I choose to sleep with. What's all this religious and cultural and custom stuff? Nah, this is just rubbish. They're camping your style. They're damaging your swag. You've got to be able to do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it. But on the other side of premarital sex is, and sex outside of wedlock, not just premarital sex, because some people are having some sex even though they're married, but it's... uh, you understand what I'm talking about? Is the entry into what? Into sex addiction. Um, I hope everybody here is above 18. You find out that, uh, okay, not everybody here is above 18, so I need to be careful. That what you thought was freedom at the beginning now becomes a trap, now becomes a bondage. But Jesus came to set you free. Jesus came to set you free. So on, on, on this side, he says the boundary of taming your tongue. But I should be able to say whatever I want to say, whenever I want to say it, or however I want to say it. But the day I fall into that enticement, and I start to just say whatever comes to mind and talk any, anyhow. James chapter um, two and two three rather tells us that the life is governed by tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So now I break the rule of controlling my tongue and I start to talk anyhow and then my life enters into confusion because of my rudderless tongue. So what I thought was freedom was actually the introduction to bondage. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, it all underscores what I'm trying to get you to see, that true freedom is not the absence of boundaries, it is actually learning how to function within godly boundaries. And breaking godly boundaries is not an entry into freedom, it's actually an entry into bondage. If you've got to go ahead and give God the praise. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Satan wants to actually cramp your true style and enroll you into a life cycle of fleeting highs and depressing lows. And it's got so bad in the world that we're living in that the people that are outside godly boundaries are trying to convince you that are within godly boundaries that you are missing out. So they'll tell you they had the time of their life, they'll post all the pictures on Instagram, but they will not tell you about the hangover, the headaches, the fractured souls of the promiscuous lifestyle, the, the, the soulish praying and, and mental health challenges that come with th- that kind of lifestyle. They won't tell you that. They only tell you the glitz and the glamour. Is it not interesting that so many of the celebrities in the world that many people flock after when you really examine their lives you won't you don't want their life you don't want their life it's a confused broken shattered drug induced life they're constantly just just like zombies with few windows of excellence in performing whatever they perform but immediately afterwards it's back into a a valley of depression is anybody hearing me what i'm saying Obedience to God leads to true freedom, disobedience to God leads to bondage. Man broke godly boundaries in the beginning and lost freedom and entered into bondage. So God comes to set us free from that bondage. God given boundaries are not to limit you, they're actually to liberate you. Adam broke the boundaries on our behalf and we all are now born into bondage. But thank God Jesus came to set us free and he paid the full price for our emancipation, so that we would be free. Ah, where did my time go? (laughs) Ah, yes. And so in our text last week, Sunday, we heard of the angel that came to meet Peter in the prison, and he struck Peter to wake up, and he raised him up, and immediately Peter got up. The chains fell off from his hands. Ah, yes. It was as if the chains were waiting for him to get up. The chains were waiting for him to arise and immediately he did so, the chains fell. Fell off. It was as if he was already free, but he did not know it. You know that other story? That woman that had been bound by the devil 18 years, bent over. Then Jesus sees her and says, this woman should be free. And he says, woman, thou art what? Loosed. Note what he did not say. He did not say, woman, I am going to loose you. And even when you really inter- interrogate that text, he did not even say, woman, I am loosed. Loosen you in present continual tense, He said, woman, and thou art loose, which is actually past tense. It is almost as if Jesus was saying to the woman, you are already free, you just don't know it. Does anybody hear me what I'm saying? Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and verse 2, it says, therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus who do not walk after the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me Free from the law of sin and death. Notice the sentence. It did not say, is going to make me free from the law of sin and death. It says, has made me free free. In other words, you are already free, you just don't know it. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Bringing me to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1, where it says, stand fast, therefore in the liberty by which Christ is going to make you free. No, is making you free. No, stand fast in the liberty which Christ has made us free. You are already free if you are a believer, you just don't know it. And the truth that you do not know will not be appreciated or experienced in your life. I came uh, to war against ignorance of the truth this Sunday morning, for you shall know the truth. And the truth that you know will make you free. I want you to realize that as far as God is concerned, once Jesus died upon the cross and he came back from the dead, you were made free. Free, you are already free, you just don't know it. And he says, stand fast in the liberty that you have been made in Christ Jesus. So therefore, what does it tell you? It tells you that you are already free and what Satan is trying to do is get you back into bondage. You are not the bound looking for freedom. You are the free that Satan is trying to entangle once again in bondage. But I refuse to go back. I refuse to be locked back in a bondage that God... God has already delivered me from Is there anybody like me under the sound of my voice? Come and shout yeah. yeah you are already free you just didn't know it and now you know it you are to, meant to stand fast in that freedom and you are meant to insist upon that freedom I am free, because, uh, but somebody's struggling with it. You say, Pastor, I hear you. what you're saying, but how can I be already free when I can still feel the chains on my hands, on my feet, on my vision? Well, let me tell you how that can be. Uh, that can be simply because you are tripartite, you are spirit, you are soul, and you are body. And the reality of your total and true freedom is actually a spiritual reality. In your spirit, you are free. You are already free. You just didn't know it. But the truth be told, in your soul and in your body, you might not quite be fully experiencing the freedom that has occurred in your spirit when you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. This is why Romans in chapter twelve, verse two says, "Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by what the renewal of your mind. Get your mind to start." agreeing with the reality in your spirit, and then that freedom that you have in your spirit will start to find expression in your world. So you are totally and completely free instantaneously, but it is manifested progressively, premised upon the renewal of your mind. But what is critical here is that you do not operate as if you are somebody bound looking for freedom as a believer, rather you operate as somebody that knows that he's already free but simply insisting upon the manifestation of of that freedom in every area of their lives. If you understand what I'm saying, come and shout yes. I didn't ask you to clap, so if you're going to clap, clap real good. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand fast, don't get entangled. Ah, uh, can I take a sidestep and prophesy to somebody uh, something I've been trying to entangle you back into bondage uh, you walk free of something some days, some weeks, some months ago and now they've come back around to try to entangle you and pull you back into bondage uh, I refuse to be bound in the mighty name of Jesus uh, you are free uh, you shall not be entangled uh, I come against every entanglement of the enemy that's trying to draw you back into bondage I declare he has no way with you in Jesus' name. Uh, And as I was studying on this issue of freedom, I came to this conclusion. Uh, I found out that there is a particular freedom that is probably very critical and one of the greatest freedoms that we need. Do you know what it is? Uh, We need freedom from people. Oh, Jesus, help me. Uh, we need freedom from people. First uh, Corinthians in chapter nine and verse nineteen. Listen to Paul. Paul says, "For though I am free of all men." Oh my goodness! He just dropped that statement and walked away as if he said nothing. Can you consider the implication of what he just said? He said, "I am free of all men. I am free." Of all men. Do you know what that means? How many of us can truly say we are free of all men? What was Paul saying? Paul was saying that my life is not controlled, is not programmed, is not dictated to me by what other men will think, say, or do. I am free of all men. Jesus, do you know how many of us are not free of men? That our whole life, what we do every day, Where we go, what we say, how we behave is being governed by our preoccupation with what other people will think, what other people will say, and what other people will do in reaction to what we want to do. Uh, Too many people buying what they can't afford to impress people that won't notice. You're not free, you're bound. Too many people browned by people. If we are to truly analyze it, you'll come to realize that there are scarce few people that really matter what they think, say, or do. Scarce few people. And if you are going to be truly free, there's only actually one person that matters. Jesus. Everybody else. Sorry. I'm here for Jesus. (laughs) I'm here for Jesus. Hallelujah. But Paul did not finish the statement with, I am free of all men. He said, Though I am free of all men, listen to the next statement. He says, I make myself servant to all. So he makes a choice. I realize I'm free of them, but I'm making a choice to serve them. This is profound. Because this is actually the highest expression of freedom. Freedom is the ability to choose your servitude. If your servitude is not something you chose, you're not free. Truth, let me tell you the truth. You will serve. You will serve. You will serve something or the other. You will, anyhow, you cut it. Human being, you are going to serve. Even when you think I'm not serving, you're serving yourself. You will serve. Look, true freedom is the ability to choose your servitude. So this is what Paul is expressing here. I'm making a choice. I know I'm free of them, but I'm choosing to serve them. And when you look even deeper, it's not really choosing to serve them as much as he's choosing to serve his purpose. For I become all things unto all men that by all means I might win some. So I choose to become as Roman to the Roman to win the Roman. I choose to become Jew to the Jew that I might win the Jew. I choose to be as without law, but not without law to Christ, to those that are without law, to win those that are without law. So his servitude is not really to the man as it is to his purpose. Are you hearing me what I'm saying? You need to get to that place where you choose, I'm going to serve God's purpose for my life above all. I choose that servitude. That's true freedom. Hallelujah. So now, we come to our text as I try to bring this thing to a close. Jesus is at the tomb of Lazarus. Jesus says, roll away the stone. Martha jumps up and says, no, 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 no. Master, don't let them roll away the stone. He'll be stinking by now. Jesus says, I've already told you I'm the resurrection and the life. Get out of my face. Roll away the stone. Because as long as the stone is in place, even if I raise him up, he's not coming out. You see, Martha was preoccupied with how things would look. So, oh, there's a mess inside there. There's nastiness inside there. There's decomposition inside there. There's a stench inside there. Let's not let the world see it. Let's keep it covered. Let's keep the stone in place. But Jesus says, I can't heal what is not exposed. Hey, do you know how many people are coming to church With the stone still in place Uh, because we know how to act in church. Uh, Something is decomposing in my soul, Uh, in my life. There's a stench somewhere below the surface, but I've got a big stone in place uh, so you can't perceive it. Uh, I put on my best perfume uh, so I smell real good to you, Uh, but behind the stone uh, uh, there's decomposition, Uh, there's a stench, uh, and there's problems, and Jesus is saying, I can't heal what is not exposed, so roll away the stone. Tell your neighbor, you got to roll away the stone. I don't know what stone you have in place, what you are hiding, what you've put beneath the surface, but Jesus wants to heal it. Jesus wants to resurrect you to new life, but he can't do it until you roll away the stone can somebody help me preach this Sunday morning tell your neighbor once again roll away the stone and so they rolled away the stone and Jesus ah, squared his shoulders and raised his voice and he said Lazarus ah, yeah, 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 yeah. he called him by name he had to say Lazarus because if he didn't say Lazarus anything and everything that was dead in that tomb would have had to come out so he had to be specific can I tell you that God has A specific blessing for you can I tell you that he knows you by name he knows that thing that seems to be dead in your life and he's able to call it by name he said Lazarus come forth and the scripture says that he that had been dead for four days I, 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 bound hand and foot started to hop out of the tomb ah he was hopping out as he came out now you must realize that he was still bound hand and foot and there was a cloth over his face so he could not see can I preach to somebody like I feel it this Sunday morning sometimes you cannot see. Sometimes you can't see your way forward. Sometimes you can't see your way out. Meanwhile, you hear the voice of Jesus telling you to come forth. And you're saying, how can I come forth when I can't see? I can't see how I'm going to survive the next number of weeks. I can't see how I'm going to survive the cost of living crisis. I can't see how I'm going to survive the rise in energy prices prices. I can't see it, but I can hear. Somebody say, I can hear. I can hear Jesus calling and he's saying, come forth. Oh, Jesus, how do I come forth when I can't see? Jesus says, faith comes, uh, not by seeing. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing the Word of God. He says, if you can't see, you can't hear. You can hear. If you can't see, you can hear. And if you can hear, all I need you to do is follow my voice. I came to tell somebody this Sunday morning, If you can't see, but you can still hear, just follow his voice. I know you can't see how you're going to make it through tomorrow. Follow his voice. I know you can't see how you're going to get out of that trouble. Follow his voice. I know you can't see how you're going to get out of the fire. Follow his voice. Let me tell you something about his voice. When the earth was without form and it was void, and he came in on the sea, all he had to do was release his voice. He said, Let there be light, and there was light. Follow his voice. So Lazarus could not see, he was bound hand and foot, but he heard the voice. Of his master and he followed the voice and he hopped out of the tomb and as he came out now you must realize that Lazarus had been born once and now he had died and now Jesus was raising him back from the dead and guess what that means that means that he was being born again hey Jacoba, do I have any born-again people under the sound of of my voice, he was being born again. And even though he was now born again, and out of the womb, tomb, womb, tomb, I don't know, born again, and he was out of the womb, he was still bound, hand and foot, and he still had something covering his eyes, so he could not see. It's possible to be born again, and still be bound, hand and foot, and still be bound in your eyes. Your hand is speaking about your productivity, Your feet is speaking about your mobility. Your sight is speaking about your vision. I'm born again, but I've got no vision. I'm born again, but I'm not productive. I'm born again, but I can't move. I can't go from point A to point B. And Jesus said, I'm not satisfied that you are just born again. I want much more for you. He says, Loose that man uh, and let him go! Uh Ah, he said, I'm unlocking your hands. I'm unlocking your feet. I'm unlocking your vision. I'm setting you free this Sunday morning. That's why I came to tell you, no chains on me. Motija, that means I have broken the chain. I am free. If you believe me, what I'm saying, show you. Do I have any fellow free people? uh? under the sound of my voice. Do I have any people uh, that realize uh, that they have come to the knowledge of the truth, uh, that they are no longer bound, uh, they are already set free? Uh, well, if you were free, uh, it's about time you walk like it. Uh, it's about time you talk like it. Uh, it's about time you behave like it. Uh, do I have any free people under the sound of my voice? Come on, walk free, walk out of prison, walk out of the chains. Walk out of your regret, walk out of your pain. You are free. I see somebody walking out of sickness and walking into health. I see somebody walking out of weakness and walking into strength. I see somebody walking out of confusion and walking into direction. If it's you I'm talking about, come and show "Yeah! No chains on me. No chains on me. I want you to do something prophetic this Sunday morning. Get up out of your feet or out of your seat and start to walk around like the free person that you are. You are free. Walk like the son of God that you are. Walk like the daughter of God that you are. No chains on me. No chains on me. No chains on me. (laughs) Change! <laughs> Chains on me. I am free. No chains on me. I am free. No chains on me. I am free. No chains on me. I walk free. I am free. Hallelujah. 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 They are going to look for your chains and there will not be nowhere to be found in the name of Jesus come on you don't sound like you believe it no chains on you you are free Hallelujah. thank you Lord we give you the glory we give you the praise Hallelujah. 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 I apologize for the extension in time today, but thank you, Pastor Cindy. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I knew, no chains on me, I function within godly boundaries, that's where true freedom is. No chains on you, no chains on you, no chains on you, believe it, behave it, be it, hallelujah. Thank you Lord Jesus. We give you the glory, we give you the praise, we give you the honor. No God like unto you, worthy, mighty, awesome are you. Your children walk walk free. They walk out of Egypt. They're not staying in the wilderness. They walk into their promised land in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, Hallelujah. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're not free. You're not free. Whatever freedom you think you have is an illusion. It's pseudo. So I want to give you an opportunity to surrender your life to Him today. So if you're ready to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, whether you're online or in the hall, please repeat these words of prayer after me meaning them, and believing them with all of your heart. Lord Jesus, congregation, let's support them. Today, I repent of my sin, and I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart, I confess with my mouth that I am your child. I am born again. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. If you pray that prayer with sincer- sincerity and faith in your heart, you are indeed a new creation. You have just been safely it might not feel like it, but it's a spiritual reality. And we want to help you to grow into that freedom so that it's manifested in every area of your life. So we encourage you to connect with us. If you are online, direct message us on any of our social media platforms, send us an email or go to our website and follow the pathway that is there. And let's help you to move from level to level, from glory to glory, till you are everything that God foreordained you to be. You are blessed, you are highly favored. Let's go ahead and give God the praise right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We hope you've enjoyed this uplifting sermon from House on the Rock Church, the London Lighthouse. We hope you've been informed and inspired. Join us for services every Wednesday and Sunday. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at H O T R London. Also, live stream our services on YouTube at HOTR London. For more information, visit our website on hotr.org.uk.